right, all right, all right. Day 213. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so we're in Ezekiel 25. So remember, uh, last time I talked about just about how that first, uh, the first 24, like, chapters of Ezekiel is this indictment and judgment against Jerusalem and Judah. But we see that Ezekiel is not just prophesying here in this section to Judah and Jerusalem, but to the nations as well. Right. So like Ezekiel is a prophet to the nation. So he's going to speak to in chapter 25 alone. He's going to speak to Ammon, Moab, Edom and uh, Philistia. And basically these were Israel's immediate neighbors. Right. So like Ammon was to the northeast, Moab was to the east, Edom was to the south, and Philistia was west, right? And so um, everybody in Israel's like geographical sphere um, gets this judgment from Ezekiel. And one of the things we're going to see is that the nations, what, the, what these nations have in common is the fact that they, they at some point or another represented Israel's enemies and ultimately will be condemned for the same things that uh, Judah is. And so we just see like the impartiality of God. Right. And we've talked about this before. God is like, yo, y'all can get it, too. I am not just the God of Israel, of one people. I am the God of the world. Right. Um, And so, in other words, yeah, God is the God of all creation. Every single person in every single place will be responsible to him. And this is why, you know, the text will say that after judgment, they will know that I am Yahweh. So in other words, God is saying, yo, I will make myself known to these people through my judgment on them. And so, um, yeah, we just see that here. And then after that, you know, the next three chapters is going to talk about one nation. Right. And so what Ezekiel is going to do is speak to the entire Phoenician civilization and speak of their most popular city states, Tyre and Sidon. And Jesus is going to talk about Tyre and Sidon in his own ministry, referring back two prophecies like this. Um, and they basically were Northwest to the nation of Israel. And they were comprised of basically, uh, some of the, uh, what used to be the Canaanites. So when Israel comes into the land of Canaan, um, and some of the people who, uh, survived from then, uh, make up much of this population. And, uh, Tyre specifically was one of the most powerful regions in the ancient world. So you're going to see a ton set about Tyre and, Basically, you know, they were so powerful that they were attacked by Assyria in in the 722 around the time that Israel was and Assyria was unsuccessful in overthrowing them. Right. And they were eventually sieged by Babylon for about 13 years and finally went down in the fourth century B.C. with Alexander the Great. I know that's a ton of history, but just trying to give you a little context for this stuff. You may not care, but it's important for understanding the Bible, the Bible doesn't just come to us in this colorless state. There's a context, there's a history, there's a background. So anyway, he says this, 26, son of man, because Tyre said about Jerusalem, aha, the gateway to the peoples is shattered. She has been turned over to me. In other words, similar to the reason uh, that God judged Ammon uh, in 25 for their ridiculing of the people of God as they were going into exile, God is going to judge them as well. So in other words, he's going to use this same tool uh, in his hand that is Babylon. So Babylon is going to judge tire and it's partly because of what they've done to god's people and so we see here that god is the ultimate vindicator of 
his people. One of the things that the Bible calls us to is to not take vengeance, leave room for the Lord's wrath. The Bible would say so when people ridicule us for being Christian, when people persecute us for being Christian, our job is to not, yo, persecute them back. Right. But our job is to uh, righteously resist. Right. Um, in the way that will please God and allow room for his judgment. And this here shows that God is going to look out for his people ultimately in the end. And Ezekiel, he's going to wax poetic about their downfall. He's like, yo, how you have perished, city of renown. You have you were populated from the east. She who has she who was powerful on the sea, she and all of her inhabitants inflicted their terror. Now the coastlands tremble on the day of your downfall. The islands in the sea are alarmed by your demise. And he goes on and says this, for this is what the Lord God says. When I make you a ruined city like the other deserted cities, when I raise up the deep against you so that the mighty waters cover you. One of the things you're going to see uh, here about Tyre is that they were a master of the sea. And this is um, this type of ironic justice that where they were uh, sub that like the sea was their subject because they were wealthy economically and they used it for trading and things like that. Um, the sea will now uh, take over Tyre. Right. So it's this kind of um, irony here where God is using uh, the weapons of creation to bring uh, about his warfare. And so, uh, yeah, God is saying like, yo, you guys are going to be judged. Um, 27 comes and basically, yeah, he's going to fill us in with the details, right? About their fame, their wealth and prowess, as I was just saying, and how they traded with many other major cities in the ancient Near East and had amassed a ton of influence in the ancient world. And I think the thing that Ezekiel is trying to bring out subtly in this text is that, um, it's a theme that we've seen throughout scripture, but wealth influence, fame and assets cannot save you on the day of wrath. Wealth, fame, influence, and assets cannot save you on the day of wrath, right? They just won't. And Ezekiel is going to make that clear here. And, you know, he'll say this, those who have who trade among the people scoff at you and you have become an object, object of horror and will never exist again. Prom- God promises that because of their sin, that they won't exist anymore. Right. And the Lord's coming judgment, um, you know, the Lord's coming judgment and realizing that we are those that one day must stand before him should change and reorient our priorities in the here and now. Right. Wealth, influence and the admiration of the world are fine. They're okay. They're even good in some instances. But man, they're just they just aren't God. Right. They're good, but they aren't God. And when we build our lives around these things, we find ourselves empty. Yes. But also uh, yeah, without a future, um, hope, right. As we come to know that like, yo, we're going to stand before the Lord. Uh, these things don't take primary importance in our life. And 28 is just going to come and just talk about the way in which, you know, Tyre and Sidon have, um, not just despised God, but they have made themselves God right so it says the word of the Lord came to me son of man say to the ruler of Tyre this is what the Lord God says your heart is proud and you have said I am a God I sit in the seat of the gods in the heart of the sea and in five he's going to be like man by your great skill in trading you have increased your wealth but your heart has become proud because of your wealth and we just see two things in this text just that man like God um yeah. So first and foremost, it's, you know, 
people don't just disobey God. They disobey God by putting themselves in the place of God, right? Like man does not just disobey God abstractly. Sure, they do, but they do it more so by putting themselves in the place of God. It's not that that it's not that man breaks God's rules, which he does, but it's that he tries to make his own rules, right? Like every single human being, even back going back to the garden Adam and Eve, right? They try to define right and wrong on their own terms. And what that means is we are functionally trying to dethrone uh, God. And so God is going to get that here. And you know where that comes from? Pride. And so that's why this text is going to talk about pride in their hearts. And this goes to show, man, like God despises the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God is indicting these people here for all of these sins and the way they behave. Um, Just so we know that like, man, nobody goes unpunished. But at the same time, in the same way that he says, yo, I will make myself known to them. um, He's going to give them an opportunity for repentance. Our prayer today should be, man, that we would be a humble people, that we would give God his rightful place in our lives and that the nations uh, who um, haven't come into contact with the gospel, uh, that they would and that they would turn to the Lord who is Lord of the universe. Let's pray. Father, uh, I thank you for your word. I thank you that is uh, sharper than any two-edged sword. Um, I pray that it would divide bone and marrow today as We reflect upon your goodness and remember your faithfulness to us in Christ. Uh, Help us to love you uh, with everything in us and to remember that we aren't meant to become God, but to worship God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.